0: Good morning. Junior, welcome from Florida. Oh, man,
1: I feel welcome. I brought the cold, apparently. It is winter today. It is cold And what you're looking at right here,
0: this is true Minnesota tough.
1: Amen. Give yourselves a round of applause for coming out. I mean,
0: I heard... Church closes in this kind of weather. Church closed. We worship Sunday morning, so just so that you know, uh, we don't close in the winter. We trust that you know what's best for you as far as driving, mm-hmm. uh, whatever conditions, whatever temperatures. We will be open. We will be here for worship. Uh, these folks showed up. There's a lot of folks that are watching us online this morning, and it is good to have you here. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for, for being me. here. Next time you're going to stream in from Florida, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. They don't make clothes warm enough for Florida guys for weather. <laughs>
1: Very true. true. Next
0: Sunday, you ought to stick around, because next Sunday, our friend Dr. Julio Volsi from Haiti is going to be here with us.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's going to even
0: be warmer country that he's used to. Well, wait, wait, what's the weather next week? Not going to be quite as cold as this, but still below zero. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stream be, in. Yeah, I'll stream uh, he's going to be here next Sunday, and we talked about this last week. We're going to do a taste of Haiti at our North 40 campus, wow. immediately following second service. If you would just call the office and let us know you want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. We would love to fill our old worship center with folks who just want to get to know Dr. Volsi and their ministry better. Haiti Amen. team Challenge is doing just great things. Also, coming up the 22nd and 29th right here, we're going to be doing uh, 6 o'clock come and see classes. If you would be interested in joining our family at the Open Door Christian Church, that's a great opportunity for you to come hear a little bit about our history, uh, where we are, where we're going, meet some of our elders, that all of them that can be there, meet our staff team, a uh, chance to hear and chance to ask questions. And so uh, 6 o'clock, 22nd, 29th, love to have you as a part of that. Awesome. Junior, why, why, why are you here? What are you a part of? You're, you're a part
1: of a ministry that we ah. are just passionate about. Yes. You are passionate about it as well amen we are a part of recovery church where we help addicts and alcoholics find freedom from drug and alcohol addiction and god has been doing some incredible things over the past few years uh this year we actually went over well last year i keep thinking i'm in 23 (laughs) last year uh we got over 50 locations we're not at 58 locations we have our first international location and so God's doing some incredible things there. So
0: you've gone from being Recovery Church to being Recovery Church International.
1: Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's, God that is a good
0: it. sign. Recovery you know, like Church. I told you that two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, if this is your first time worshiping with us or your 50th time worshiping with us, there are three things that we do our very best to get right every Sunday morning. The first one is... All of our messages come straight out of God's Word. We believe the Bible is as relevant today as the days that it was written. Second thing is prayer. You'll see the lights in the back corner are on. There are people back there uh, waiting and willing to pray with you or to pray for you after the service. They will be here up front. Just come on up and everything you share with them will be kept strictly confidential. Third thing is worship. These folks were here bright and early this morning getting ready and warming up their instruments and voices So that we can worship for an audience of one. That is our Father who is in heaven. With that, would you be willing to open us with a word of prayer?
1: Absolutely. Let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this church. God, we thank you for a place that we can come and worship you together lord i pray that today that your word would come forth that you would speak to your children exactly what it is that they need to hear god we need a word from you speak to us we pray in jesus name amen amen, amen.
0: junior thanks for braving this crazy cold weather it is good <laughs> to
1: have you you are always
0: welcome in this place because all of us consider you part of our family amen thank you guys so much
1: for having me. let's continue to worship folks Well, good morning, church. How are you doing? Come on, would you shake somebody's hand on your way to your seat and tell them I'm glad you're here? There you go. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Hey, guys, I'm honored to be here with you today. I'm, first of all, really grateful. Uh, for your pastor and your team. I want you guys to know that Pastor Steve and Deidre and this incredible team every single week works really hard to put together a message and just create an environment where God's spirit can move and that you guys can come and have community and spend time with each other and worship together. And listen, rain, sleek or snow, this church is open for you so that you have a place that you can come to worship. And your pastor's one of the kindest most nicest cowboy hat wearing boot wearing swagged out pastor i've ever met can you guys give it up for your team here please come on i gotta call it how i see it Uh, my name is junior for those who don't know me and i'm a floridian but I'm also a Minnesotan. Uh, I think I've qualified myself as a Minnesotan now because I've endured this weather for the past few days. I think that should qualify me. But if that doesn't qualify me, last time I was here, I went skiing and fell many times but got back up. Hallelujah, God is good. This time I came to town, I went snowboarding. And after I think my second fall, I fell hard enough, I think I was done. And I was so embarrassed because I didn't want to go down that hill anymore because it was so painful. I think I pulled something in my back. By the way, this is an age you get to. When I was 19, 20, snowboarding would have been different. But learning and starting at 40 is not a good deal. And so I remember being at the top of the hill. And, and this is why we need each other. This is why church is family. Because your very own Brian came up to the top, held my hands and said, we're going to go down together. He risked his own life because I could have taken him out easily to go down the hill with me. That is a true story. And last time I was here, I also went ice spearing. And so I just want to say, if those things don't qualify me to be a Minnesotan, I don't think I will ever be a Minnesotan. But what I do know is that I am your family. What I do know is that you are my family. See, the same blood that saved you saved me. So that makes us blood, brothers and sisters. Come on. Jesus is the first of many brothers and sisters. And so therefore we our family. And I've missed you guys. Like I was honored that I've gotten to come here several times and connect with my Minnesota family. But I got to say, Minnesota family, it's been a while since we've seen each other. And so a lot of things have changed since the last time we've seen each other. Our family has actually grown, y'all. Last time you heard me talk about my wife being pregnant. And so baby Elliot is now six months old. Come on. All that means is I haven't slept in 6 months honestly. But there goes baby Elliot right there. He is the cutest thing. By the way, hold on. Let's say this picture. Do you see those arms? Go go back to the other picture. Do you see those arms? Look at the muscles that he already has. That's insane, you know? He must have been working when he was on the inside, you know? You know he just he did 9 months. And uh, I'm just glad he's out, you know, you know, did nine months. Uh, OK, yeah, that, that, that joke goes better somewhere else. Yeah, but, but but that was that was baby Elliot months ago. Can you put up a, a more recent picture? Oh, uh, there goes my son, J.R., who's actually here with me. He's in the tech booth serving. Come on, I'll give it up for J.R. Come into weather the cold weather out here. That's him holding on to his baby brother. Can we go to the next picture? And that is me and my beautiful family. Uh, doctors told me that I couldn't have children years ago, but God has provided quite a beautiful family for us. And so we are grateful uh, for what God has done in our lives. We're grateful for the family that we have. And so this morning, I want to start with gratitude. Can you guys do me a favor? Would you just turn to somebody next to you and tell them one thing you're grateful for? Come on, we're going to start with gratitude. You find anybody next to you. I'm one of those pastors I communicate. If you don't like my message, at least you'll make a friend. Come on, turn to somebody next to you. Tell them one thing that you're grateful for. One thing. Amen. Amen. I see it happening. See, we're starting the day off with gratitude today. See, one thing I know that many people are grateful for is a short message and so i'm going to try to deliver you one of those today but for those who don't know me again my name is junior i get to be the national coach for recovery church movement and not only have as i mentioned before grown to over 50 locations last year but last year i got to celebrate 10 years sober from drug and alcohol addiction and it's only through the grace of god that i found that freedom and this year, March 28th, will be 11 years sober from drugs and alcohol. And so, therefore, God is an amazing God. And one thing you should know about me if you've never heard me teach is I'm an interactive teacher. Okay, this is not a, a, a monologue. It's a dialogue. So if something's good, feel free to say amen. If you want to shout back hallelujah, feel free to, right? If it's your first time here, know that you can. Listen, we shout back at football games. I think we can shout back in the house of the Lord. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. All right, there you go. Somebody got it back there. Hallelujah. Yes. All right, so you guys can shout back. But but the, the Bible says in Revelations twelve eleven that we will defeat the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of our testimony. And so today I want to ask your permission. Can I share part of my story with you today? Is that okay? Can I share part of my story? Thank you. Because, see, last year I turned 40, okay? And, uh, yes, praise the Lord. And so I had one of my younger friends come up to me, and he's like, Junior, you know, you, you turned 40 this year. And he's making it seem like I'm so old, by the way. You turned 40 this year, right? Over the past few decades, can I just ask you, what is something that you've learned that you would pass on to a younger person? Now, to him, being 40 was like an age of wisdom, to some of you, you're like, I've got belts older than you. I'm not <laughs> right. But 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 for him it mattered. He said, You're 40, what have you learned? And here's what I responded. I said, Over the past decade, the one thing that I learned more than anything is that God is faithful. God is faithful. I don't know what you're walking through in your life right now, but after being alive for 40 years and walking through so many different things, the one thing that I've learned in my life is that God is faithful. See, a while back, a friend of mine came up and he said, Hey, Junior, I've lived in many states in my life. And he started naming them off. I'll probably mess them up. But he says, I've lived in Missouri. I've lived in Alabama. I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Florida. I've lived in North Carolina and South Carolina. He's like, but the state that I've lived in the most is a state of hopelessness, a state of fear, A state of resentment, a state of anxiety, a state of addiction. Come on, have you ever visited any of those states? Anybody in here ever visit a state of depression, addiction, anxiety? It's like, Junior, I've lived in those states. And I told him, you know, life is kind of like a road trip through America for me, you know? God wants to take you from a place of bondage, Egypt, to a place of freedom, the promised land. But along the way... You're going to go through some states that you might not like. And by the way, not every state is actually meant for you. Sometimes you're meant to go through a state because God has something that he wants to teach you there to help somebody else. But either way, you'll go through some different states, but you were never called to live in those states. God was passing you through that state, but for some reason, some of us get to a state of depression We get to a state of hopelessness. We get to a state of anxiety and we settle there. We settle there. And now we've been living there. See, I get to travel a lot. And where I live in Palm Beach, Florida, we've got the beach, and the beach is beautiful. We love the beach. The beach is awesome. But here's what I've learned from traveling to so many different states and from living where I live. If you live where I live, in order to get to the beach, you actually have to drive through the hood. True story. In many cities that I've traveled to, in order to get to the beach, you actually have to drive through the hood. And here's what I've learned. Sometimes in order to get to a good place, you have to go through a bad place. Sometimes you have to go through a bad place to get to a good place. But here's what you also need to know is that the place that God is leading you to, the place of hopelessness, the state of depression, the state of anxiety was never meant to be your destination. The Bible says, as I walk through the valley, he didn't say to the valley. The valley is not the destination. We walk through the valley to get to what God has for us. So today, I just want to declare that today is moving Sunday. Come on, we're going to move out of states of depression, hopelessness, anxiety fear as a matter of fact you need to pack up That's, don't even pack up leave all of your stuff today we're going to move out of these states that god never called us to live in to go to the places that god actually has for us and today i want to start off in john chapter 9 verses 1 through 3 it says this it says this jesus was walking along he saw a man who had been blind from birth rabbi his disciples asked him why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or the sins of his parents? Now, see, back then, they even believed that you could sin in the womb. So the disciples are saying, Jesus, who did something wrong that this man would be blind? And so Jesus responds, He's like, It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened. So that the power of God could be seen in him. Let me rephrase that. The disciples go to Jesus and say, Jesus, who did something wrong that this man would experience this type of setback? And Jesus responds. Here's the thing, guys. This is not a setback. It's actually a set up for God's glory. And so today the title of my message is it's a Setup. It's a setup. Do me a favor. I'm going to have you do this one last time. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them it's a setup. We're getting better at this talking to each other stuff, by the way. I just want to mention that. Right? It's a setup. See, it's not a setback. I don't know what you're walking through right now, but it's not a setback. It's actually a set up for God's glory. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. God, I pray that today you would open up our hearts to receive whatever it is that you have for us. God, I know that many people in this room right now are walking through situations and they don't understand why they're walking through it. And so today, God, I pray that you would speak to us exactly what it is that we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So he asked, who sinned that this man would be blind let me ask you have you ever engaged in that kind of thinking like what did i do that i'm going through this hardship has that ever happened to you have you ever thought what did i do that i'm actually experiencing this thing that i'm walking through in life see as human beings i realize a lot of times we need an answer don't we like i want to know why i'm walking through this Like if somebody breaks up with you, right? Typically, we want to know, well, why did they break up with me? And if we're honest, in most cases, our minds go to a negative place, doesn't it? Like most of us don't say, you know, they broke up with me because I'm awesome and they couldn't handle all this awesomeness, right? Most of us will say they broke up with me because I wasn't enough or I didn't do this. We tend to go to a negative place. Or the question, why did they fire me, right? Most of us don't say they fired me because I was the best employee they ever had and they just couldn't see it. In most cases, we go to a place of, man, maybe it was because I wasn't enough. But I want to ask you, did you ever consider that that maybe the reason they broke up with you is because God saw where that relationship was going and he extracted you out of that bad situation because he has something better for you. Did you ever consider that? Or better yet, the reason you got fired is because God actually has a better job lined up for you. Here's the thing. I don't know why we trip sometimes anyway. Cause let's be honest, you didn't like that job to begin with, did you? Come on. Most of us have been complaining about the job for 20 years. And then they let us go and we're like, God, I don't know why they let me go. Why are we tripping? We didn't like the job. No way. I'll, I'll tell you why we trip sometimes. We trip because we believe this is happening to us, not that this is happening for us. See, many times in our lives, we feel like things are happening to us instead of believing that God is actually doing this for us. See, Romans eight twenty eight says that all things work together for the good. Of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It says that all things, he didn't say all things are good. But he did say that all things work together for the good. Can I ask you a question, Open Door Church? Do you believe that? Like, like, like do you believe, like at the core, do you really believe that all things work together for the good? See, so here's what I can tell you. Some of us can believe, okay, well, some things work together for my good, right? If you're highly optimistic, you may say most things will work out for my good. But do you really believe that all things? See, it's hard to reconcile that in your heart, isn't it? Now, it's the word of God. So it's the truth. So when he says that all things work together, he really means all things. But here's the thing, it was hard for me to wrap my head around that. Because there are certain things in my life that I'm like, God, I don't understand how this is working for my good. Come on, many of you guys know I dealt with a legal battle for 33 years. I mean, listen, I came to America when I was seven years old. And I've been in a legal battle just trying to get a green card. I wasn't even asking to be a citizen. Just give me a green card for 33 years. And so I turned to God. I'm like, God, I don't understand how this is working for my good. To be honest, the only thing that's worked is my nerves. I don't know how this could be good in my life, Lord. Has anybody in here ever wished you could write your own story? Come on, we can be honest. We in church, let's, let's be honest, right? Like, can, can we be honest? Have you ever wished? I used to wish that all the time. I'm like, listen, if I would have wrote my own story back then, I would have probably wrote it differently. I'm just being, I would have probably wrote it differently. Come on. Most of y'all know that you've daydreamed before about writing your own story. And every single time you had six pack abs and plenty of money. Come on, let's not be too churchy. Y'all know it's true, right? But so in my mind, I was writing my own story because at the time I didn't like what my story read. Can I tell y'all what my story read? So, so here's what my story read at that time. Raised by a single mom five kids, dad left, no money, illegally in America. I wouldn't have wrote that. <laughs> Come on, I wouldn't have wrote that. Right, that's, that's what my story read. If you looked at my story, single mom, five kids, no money, dad left, illegally in America, I would not have wrote that. Now, if I could have authored my own life, can I tell y'all what I would have wrote? Can, can I share that with y'all? Number one. I would be an American citizen. That's the first thing. I've been dealing with a legal battle for way too long. First criteria, I'm an American citizen. Second, both of my parents got great jobs and were rich. I've been poor too long in my life. Rich was something that looked appealing to me, and I wanted that. Third thing is that we have a house in the mountains. Oh, yes, a house in the mountains. Not because I like to hike. I don't like to climb rocks. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not outdoorsy at all, but because I like the view. Because I like the view. See, I've lived in my apartments my whole life. My family never owned a house ever. It wasn't until I got older that I lived in a house. Prior to that, all we lived in is apartments. So I want a house in the mountains with a beautiful view. But I also want a house on the beach. Come on. People say they got this summer house. We just ain't never had a house. I just want to be able to say I got a summer house. And I want it to be on the beach. Not because I like the beach. I don't like the sand. I'm tan enough. I'm a neat freak. I'm not the type of person that will sit on the beach. But I like the view. But I like the view. So if I could have wrote my own life. I would be an American citizen, both parents rich so we're not struggling. I got a house in the mountains, a house on the beach. And lastly, I would do something really cool like be an awesome singer like Darius Rucker and all of you would love me and it would be great. That was my story. All right? Come on. Does that not sound good? Who else would have wrote a story like that? Come on. Like Sometimes we look at our own lives and we're like, wait a minute. That is not my story. My story looks... A lot different than that, doesn't it? And so I have to believe in my own heart, like, this is my personal belief, okay? My personal belief is this, that the blind man, this is my personal belief, the blind man would have wrote his story differently at first, too. I don't think the blind man would have said, I'm going to be a blind beggar. I do not think the blind man would have wrote his own story like that at first. But then he realized... What seemed like a setback in his life, his blindness, was actually a set up for one of the greatest miracles of that time. See, back then, people that were born blind did not see. And Jesus comes along, and this blind man who could not see, who was actually born blind, regains his sight. He gets to be one of those people that goes out and tells people, hey, I was once blind, and now I see. Could you imagine the joy that he got the spread of saying, hey, I don't know what happened, but there's this man named Jesus. See, what seemed like a setback was actually a set up for God's glory. So much so that people didn't even believe it was him. See, if we go to John chapter 9, verses 8, says this. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this? The same man who used to sit and beg. Some exclaimed that he was. And others said, nah, he only looks like him. See, when God transforms you from the inside out, people should be asking the question, is that the guy that was always angry? Is that the gal that was always uh, hurt? Is that the person that was dealing with addiction? Is that the per Nah, that's not them. It just looks Like them. And God transforms you. It just looks like them. And so they continue and he said, but he himself insisted. I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. And he replied, the man they call Jesus. I pray we would all answer that way. When people see you and say, how are you not depressed anymore? How are you not addicted anymore? How did you find hope in your life? You can say the man they called Jesus. Come on, somebody, that right there is worth it. The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and then I could see. See, his testimony rocked people and led People to Jesus when people saw that this man was once blind and now he can see it was a testimony of God's goodness and people came to know Jesus because of that as I mentioned before revelation twelve eleven says that we will defeat the enemy through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony did you know that your testimony was designed to give God glory defeat the devil and bring others to Jesus. Did you know that? Not my testimony. That was my, our testimonies. Your testimony was designed to defeat the devil and bring people to Jesus. Your testimony, your testimony, your testimony. God wrote your story for his glory and to bring others to Jesus. That's why God has been working through your life. Here's the thing. You're not a victim in your story. You're not a victim in your marriage. You're not a victim at your job. You're not a victim to your schedule. Neither are you a victim to your circumstance. God has called you to overcome through the blood and power of Jesus so that you can lead others to Jesus after you overcome and help them find freedom. Amen. You're not a victim. You're not a victim. Too much of my life, I stayed in addiction because I thought I was a victim. If my dad didn't leave, had my mom not done that, had they not fired me, had they not done this, I was a victim in my own life. Then God said, I didn't create you to be a victim. I created you to have victory in Jesus' name so that we can move forward and help other people find me through the victory and the things that I've done in your life. See, two years ago... I preached the message called faith it till you make it. I said, we're not fake around here. We ain't going to say fake it till you make it. We're going to faith it. We're going to believe that we're going to make it. And by the way, when I preached that message, a couple days before I had just received the letter in the mail, giving me 33 days to leave the United States of America. See, I had been denied before in my application to get a green card. This time I got an eviction notice. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been evicted before from a house or something, but I tell you, it's a whole different thing when you get evicted from a country. I'm telling you, I got a letter from America that told me I had 33 days to leave this country. And all of a sudden I started Just like the disciples asking this question, God, who sinned? Like, like what did I do? Like, at least back in the day when I was doing the wrong thing, I would understand. But, but God, what did I do to deserve this? Like, where, where did I go wrong? Why am I dealing with? Have you ever found yourself asking God why? God, I don't, I don't understand why. You know, it was interesting. Every time I would ask God why. I say, God, I don't understand why this is happening to me. For some reason, I kept thinking about John chapter 9. I kept hearing the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned that this man would be blind? And Jesus said, nobody sinned. This is for the glory of God. And so in that moment, God kept saying, Junior, you didn't do anything wrong. This is for my glory. But here's the reality. When things happen to us that we can't explain, we always get into the ifs, don't we? Well, God, what if if I get kicked out of the country and I really do have to leave? God, what if my wife leaves me? Because that's a huge ask to ask somebody to leave your family and everything you know and move to a country where you don't know the language. What if my wife leaves me? By the way, guys, I want to let you know I've confirmed she said she would have never left. She would have came with me. Hallelujah. I have a good wife. But back then, you don't know, right? You don't know. I'm like, God, what if my kids resent me because they have to grow up in France and they don't get to hang out with their friends and they don't speak the language and they have to be in uh, French second language. It's called English second language here. So I'm sure it's called French second language there. Right. What if my kids resent me? What if my mother passes away before I get to go to France because I haven't seen her in 19 years because I can't travel? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? See, many of us can't sleep at night. Many of us have been up some nights because of the what ifs. See, I believe the what ifs are the devil's greatest hits. Well, what if my kids grow up to be addicts? Funny thing is, when I asked that question back in the day, I didn't even have kids. Right? You ask somebody, hey, what if my kids grow up to be addicts? How many kids do you have? None. But when I have them, what if they do? We get afraid of things that aren't even real at times. But the what ifs will rob you, won't they? What if I lose my job? What if I can't make ends meet? What if? Right? Here's what I've learned. I'm glad I went through that state of fear. Because when I went through that state of fear, what I've learned is this. The devil wants to use the ifs in your life, IF, to insert fear. See, the devil wants to use the ifs in your life, IF, to insert fear. But see, I truly believe that God is battling for those same question marks Because all the ifs are are unknowns. We don't know what's going to happen. What if it's a question mark? And so the devil is fighting for your question marks because he wants to insert fear. But I believe God is fighting for those same ifs, I-F, to insert faith. See, the devil wants to use your question marks, your ifs, to insert fear. But God wants to use the same uncertainty in your life, the same ifs, the same things you're afraid about to insert faith to see if you will trust him with your ifs. Let me ask you a question. Who will you trust your ifs to? Will you lean into fear or will you trust God's word and lean into faith? See, here's the reality. In order to believe Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good. First thing you need to do is you need to trust God and you can't trust God if you don't know God. And so that's the reason why Pastor Steve and so many people always tell you, you need to read your Bible. You need to get the word in you because you can't trust. You don't trust who you don't know. And so our heart is that you would read God's word, get familiar with him, learn his ways, learn who he is. And when you know who God is, it's easier to trust Romans eight twenty eight because then you can trust him because you know him. See, church family, I've read the Bible through and through. And today at 40 years old, I can literally tell you that I firmly 100 percent believe not just here, but here that all things work together for good. See, at the beginning, I told you guys, I would have changed my story and I would have wrote it differently. But today, when I'm seeing things through eyes of faith, I would not change my story for anything. I'm actually really grateful for the story that God has given me. Because what I realize is watching a single mom raise five kids by herself taught me that all things are possible through christ who lives in us and it also taught me that my mother is a superhero listen it's hard enough to raise one kid with another parent it is hard to raise five kids on your own and watching my mother raise five kids on your own taught me sacrifice and it also taught me that we can do all things through christ see today i wouldn't change not having a father Because not having a father gave me the desire to be the best father I can possibly be. But beyond that, it also helps me with other men who say, Junior, I've never had a father. I don't know my father. And I could tell him, here's the thing, guys. You've never been fatherless. There's been a father in heaven this whole time that's been fighting for your attention. You have a father. He is in heaven and he's been watching over you and he's been drawing you to himself this whole time. You're not fatherless. I'm grateful that I get to tell men that because of my experience. And third, having no money, you know, not having any money made me realize that you can start from nothing and be something. See, when I was younger, I used to think, well, in order to be successful and have stuff in life, you have to come from a successful family. But God showed me that if you put God first in all things, and that's the key right there. I don't care what you've accomplished. If God is not first in your life, you're missing out on the greatest blessing. And so God has taught me that when you put him first and you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up. And lastly, I wouldn't change the years I spent illegal in America. I know that may shock you, right? I mean, I spent 33 years illegally in america but here's what i've realized october 4th of 1983 when i was born when i came into this world god knew that i would go through this 33 year battle with immigration it was not a surprise to him by the way what you're walking through right now is not a surprise to him god didn't turn to jesus and be like jesus it's been 33 years junior still ain't got no papers come on who's who's messing up here somebody give him a green card God didn't turn to Jesus and say that October 4th, 1983. He already knew that I was going to go through that 33 year battle. But what he also knew is that August of 2023, I would get an email that said that after 33 years, my green card has finally been approved. And I would finally be legal in the United States of America after 33 years. Come on, 33 years. God had the victory. And the cool thing about that is this. Again, I mentioned I had not seen my mother in 19 years. Why? Because when my mother came here, we came here illegally and she stayed for a while and then she decided to go on vacation internationally. And when she tried to come back, customs said, hold up, you're that lady that stays too long. Last time you visited, you was here for 10 years. We're not letting you back in. Go back. So my mother can't come here. And I could not go there because if I left not being legal, they wouldn't let me back in because they would have said I overstayed my welcome. And can I tell you that September of 2023, after 19 years, I got to go see my mother and fly to London and France and go hang out with my family and spend time with my family. It's amazing what God can do. See, there goes my mom right there. She is so excited to see her baby boy. That happened this past year. Can we go to the next picture? And she got to meet her grandson, Baby Elliot. By the way, his skin did not do well in Europe. Something is wrong with that air. He was breaking out the whole entire time, right? Can we go to the next picture? My wife and my kids got to go to Paris and hang out at the Eiffel Tower. I know that looks Photoshopped, but I promise you it's real. It's a real picture. We got to have a blast in Europe. See, the crazy thing is this. What seemed like a setback. Me not being legal in America was actually a set up for one of the greatest moments in my life when I got to spend time with my mother after not seeing her for so many years. Come on. It's a setup. It's a setup. See, I don't know what you're walking through today, but here's what I do know. God knows what you're walking through. I'll end with this. The cross of Jesus Christ was a setup. The cross of Jesus Christ was a setup could you just imagine the savior of the world comes into this world and everybody is expecting hey he's gonna overthrow the roman empire man he's gonna come and where savior is here everything is great and then on a friday he's hanging on a cross i don't know who you are but that is a setback if i've ever seen one in that moment the devil thought he won But see, what seemed like a setback on Friday was actually a set up for Jesus to defeat death, rise up from that grave and give us eternal life. So today we can have a a relationship with the father. Come on, What seemed like a setback was actually a set up for God's glory, but to give us eternal life because Jesus went to the cross and went to the grave. Today, you and I get to know that we have eternity in heaven with him forever. And we get to live in freedom today. Come on, what seemed like a setback was actually a set up for God's glory. And so today, church, God sent me here to remind you, I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you've experienced over the past couple of weeks, past couple of months, or what you've experienced last year. But can I tell you, whether it's been five years or ten years that you've been in a battle, can I tell you that all things Work together for the good, and you can trust God with whatever it is that you 're walking through, because I went through a thirty three year battle, and God showed me that he was faithful even in that, and so I want to remind you today i don 't know what you 're walking through, but here 's what I can promise you: God knows exactly where you are, and He has a plan of redemption, and He can bring you comfort, he can bring you hope, and He can bring you joy right where you 're at today let 's pray together, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here at The Open Door and to share what you've done in my life, Father God. Lord, we've had so many obstacles, but God, those obstacles that we've overcome has actually made me stronger in you. I see it's built up my faith. When I've seen how many times I didn't know how it was going to turn out, how many times I didn't know um, if, if I was going to be able to make it, Father God, every time you showed up and you showed off, And you showed me that you're real. And so today, God, I want to pray for every single person that's in this room. God, I don't know what they're walking through. I want to pray for anybody watching online. I don't know what they're walking through. But God, you do. And I pray that right now, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would comfort them and remind them that you see them, that you know them, that you know where they're at, and that you still have their back, and that your word still rings true, that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his good purpose. God, thank you for your promises, in Jesus mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. I want to say thank you guys so much for having me and for always making us feel like family. We're honored that we get to be here. Next, stay warm. My goodness, it is cold. Stay warm. And lastly, all of us are walking through something. But just remember, That God is leading you to. He's not as he's leading you through. And so just remember whatever you're walking through today, that what may seem like a setback in your life could actually be an opportunity and a set up for God to do one of the greatest miracles that he plans on doing in your life for his glory and for your benefit. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship one more song.